Hello, celestial citizens. I'm Helen Flourish, and welcome to Continuum. The universe is expanding, and so is the space industry. With all the new developments, announcements, and launches, it can be a lot to keep up with. So we're here to help. Continuum is a news outlet that's making space news relevant for the next generation and boldly challenging the status quo. Whether it's new discoveries and developments in technology or how what we're doing in space affects us here on Earth, we'll cover it all. Currently, we're posting our stories to our website, continuum-hq.com, and on our newsletter, which comes out every other week. Not only does our newsletter include links to our original features, but it also contains a rundown of some top headlines from the week, as well as recommended space reads from around the web. We'll be back with our video show very soon, so be on the lookout for that in the coming weeks too. You can find links to our website and how to subscribe to our newsletter in the episode description. Whether you're a space enthusiast or just starting to look up to the stars, we'll take the highlights from the week and share them for you here. We are the outlet providing space news for everyone. So without further ado, here's Continuum. First up, if you thought the U.S. government has been a little shady when it comes to close encounters of the third kind, well, they heard you. On Tuesday, the Pentagon held its first public hearing in more than 50 years on unidentified aerial phenomena, a fancy term for UFOs, during which it disclosed that it has compiled hundreds of reports of unidentified flying objects, including some that appear to rely on advanced technologies that aren't known to exist in any U.S. or foreign arsenals. The hearing also covered widely held conspiracies that the government has obtained material from crashed UFOs, they said they haven't, and whether they have studied high-profile UFO cases, such as one that reportedly shut down nuclear missile silos in Montana decades ago. They have not, and promised to look into it. Next up, astronomers have unveiled the first wild but fuzzy image of the supermassive black hole at the center of our Milky Way galaxy. The colorized image revealed last Thursday is from an international consortium behind the Event Horizon Telescope, a collection of eight synchronized radio telescopes positioned around the world. As you might expect, getting a good image was a bit of a challenge. To make the shot happen, eight telescopes had to coordinate closely with what MIT astronomer Vincent Fish described to ABC News as a process similar to everyone shaking hands with everyone else in the room. Thankfully, at least one brand recognized all that hard work. In honor of the donut-shaped discovery, Krispy Kreme Donuts gave out free glazed donuts at all its stores the day after the announcement. Classic. By the time you listen to this, Blue Origin's fifth human spaceflight, New Shepard 21, will have lifted off from the firm's Launch Site 1 in West Texas and minted five new citizen astronauts. One of them, Katya Ekazareta, will be the first Mexican-born woman in space and the first citizen astronaut sponsored by nonprofit Space for Humanity. Also on board are investor Evan Dick, business jet brokerage founder Hamish Harding, Victor Correa Hispanha, whose seat was sponsored by a cryptocurrency organization, commercial real estate entrepreneur Jason Robinson, and private equity investor Victor Vescovo. Here's to a safe and successful flight for all. In some nuclear news, two Seattle companies have won Pentagon contracts to develop nuclear power prototypes for space applications, with orbital demonstrations set for 2027. 
The Defense Innovation Unit says ultra-safe nuclear technologies has been tasked with demonstrating a chargeable encapsulated nuclear radioisotope battery called EmberCore for propulsion and power applications in space, while Avalanche Energy won funds to continue development of a lunchbox-sized device known as Orbitron, which generates a fusion reaction that produces enough heat or electricity to power a high-energy propulsion system. Over in the UK, the space race is picking up momentum, with several spaceports and rocket companies promising to start launches soon. California-based Astraspace, which launched its first successful commercial mission in March this year, has now joined the fray, signing an agreement with the spaceport on Shetland Islands. Astra, which gives small satellites dedicated rides to orbit, has already launched from Kodiak Island in Alaska and from Cape Canaveral, Florida. Adding a location in Scotland will help the company offer a wider range of orbital inclinations to their clients, according to a statement from the firm. And now, news from Mars. A big one just shook the red planet, and NASA's InSight lander was there for the whole thing. The agency reported on May 9th that the largest earthquake, or in this case, Marsquake, ever detected on another planet took place on May 4th. And you thought your Star Wars day got rowdy. Now, back to Earth. A geologist and horticulturist from the University of Florida successfully grew plants in regolith, or lunar soil, collected during the original Apollo landings. After planting the seeds in the regolith, scientists moved the plates of wells into terraniums within a tightly controlled growth room. Initially, the UF researchers were unsure if any seeds would sprout, as the experiment was the first of its kind. But within just 60 hours of being planted, every seed in the regolith germinated and had tiny shoots. Since the moon lacks an atmosphere, any plants grown beyond Earth would need to be cultivated in an enclosed space alongside humans with access to oxygen and water. Still, with further research on proper planting procedures and the wonders of lunar soil, the moon could very well host food and oxygen by the time humans step back on its surface again. In international news, Chinese startup iSpace once again failed to launch its Hyperbola-1 rocket early last Friday, following two failures in February and August last year. It's not clear yet what happened, but teams are looking into it. iSpace is also developing the more complex Hyperbola-2, a larger methane-liquid oxygen launcher with the refusable first stage. It secured $173 million in funding in August 2020 to further its development. Let's make a quick pit stop at the International Space Station, where aging shuttle-era spacesuits aboard the ISS have been declared a no-go for most spacewalks, pending analysis to determine what led to excess water getting into an astronaut's helmet during a March excursion, officials confirmed Tuesday. But the bulky spacesuits, extravehicular mobility units, or EMUs, can still be used for emergency repairs or to resolve other unexpected issues as long as agency managers agree after assessing the overall risk. Water intrusion has been a source of concern ever since July 2013 spacewalk, during which European Space Agency astronaut Luca Parmitano's helmet flooded with water, a frightening, potentially life-threatening malfunction that forced the expedition to end early. We'll close out on a fly note with some good news for Boeing. On Thursday, the aerospace company launched its Starliner spacecraft to the International Space Station after two failed attempts to get it into orbit. No astronauts were aboard for this test flight, unless you count the mannequin aptly named Rosie the Rocketeer, but Boeing hopes that Starliner will eventually ferry astronauts to and fro between Earth and the International Space Station. Exactly when that will be is still up in the air, but if all goes well on its return to Earth, Starliner could be carrying two or three astronauts to space by the end of the year. 
And that's it for this week. Again, if you want to read our feature stories, check out our website, continuum-hq.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at continuum.hq and Twitter at continuum underscore HQ. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you can stay up to date with what's going on in space. And while you're there, leave us a review so others can find us as well. And of course, subscribe to our Continuum newsletter on Substack for curated space news content. Tune in two weeks from now to keep up to date with all the cool stuff happening up in that big, beautiful cosmos we're all floating around in. Continuum, one giant leap every other week.